Stuff. tend to demonize people who don't care about your feelings. I'm going to give this speech. I'm going to say what I have to say. And then we'll see what happens outside. All right. First, I want to thank the Young Americans Foundation chapter here, all the brave kids who went out and risked life and limb. I, mean, I was just out there listening to, the, listening to the crowds outside. Risked life and limb to go out there and put flyers up on behalf of the dissenting message who risked their academic careers to make themselves publicly available to do these sorts of things. I want to thank all of you. You guys are brave. Let me give you a round of applause. That's what YAF does. And I want to thank also the Fred R. Allen for, for sponsoring this lecture series. I think he's probably getting more than he, he bargained for. So the topic of my talk today is when diversity becomes a problem. This is apparently too rough. For some of the people who go to this university, I'm talking about the rainbow unicorn gumdrop fascists outside who live in their little fantasy world and demand that everyone else participate in this fantasy world or they will shut down free debate. I'm talking about the pathetic, cowardly, macho professors who mouth off about physically aggressing against people who disagree. I'm talking about the ridiculous, self-aggrandizing president of this university, William Covino, who tried to cancel this event on Monday after weeks of approval and hard work from students at this university. That's what I'm talking about. And if you're coming in, welcome. I'm glad you're finally able to run the gauntlet. Yeah, Here's what the, the pathetic president of this university wrote when he canceled this event earlier this week, or tried to cancel it because I wasn't going to go along with his ridiculous notions of what diversity constitutes. Diversity means that he gets to approve any speech that happens on this campus, which is precisely what Stalin thought diversity meant. Here's what William Covino said, quote, after careful consideration, I have decided, I have decided, that it will be best for our campus community. He's decided it will be best for you. I mean, come on. If we reschedule Ben Shapiro's appearance for a later date so that we can arrange for him to appear as part of a group of speakers with differing viewpoints on diversity, such an event will better represent our university's dedication to the free exchange of ideas and the value of considering multiple viewpoints. You can hear how well this free exchange of ideas is going when there are people literally standing outside, pushing down reporters like Adele Nazarian at Breitbart, assaulting people outside, threatening acts of violence to prevent people from hearing a dissenting point of view. That's free exchange of ideas on America's college campuses. That's free exchange of ideas thanks to the American left. That's free exchange of ideas thanks to William Covino and his thug rule here, the value of considering multiple viewpoints. How about this viewpoint? Let people say what they're going to say. Is that so rough? So in the name of a free exchange of ideas and considering multiple viewpoints, Covino and company tried to shut this event down, of course. In the name of diversity, he went full brown shirt. Let me explain for the idiots in this administration. I am the diversity. Free speech does not require your censorship. I don't have to be drowned out by opposing views. It turns out that that's what you're trying to do outside. Turns out that's what your faculty does every day in your classrooms with my taxpayer dollars since I pay taxes in this state. So we're here. We're here for free speech, and we're here for the First Amendment. Welcome to America, where you and your jackboots don't get to shut down debate just because you disagree no matter how hard you try. You can all go screw yourselves. <laughs> it's not just William Covino, of course. It's Professor Robert Wide who objected to this lecture taking place on campus, just like a good little intellectually inferior professor should. 
He said that the students who sponsored this event are white supremacists. And if you've ever met the students of YAF, you know how untrue this is. He has invited those students to fight him at the gym in the USU building at 1 p.m. tomorrow, stating, quote, I lift, bro. <laughs> By the way, white supremacists love Orthodox Jews. They're famous for having their meetings at our synagogues. <laughs> so he says, I lift, bro. Well, simmer down there, Mongo. We live in a country where we don't actually have to fight each other physically in order to make our point. It's called civilization. You should try it sometime. And again, folks, if you're watching on the live stream, the waves of students that you see entering right now are being sneaked in. Because in America in 2016, you have to use the back door if you want to participate in free speech. You get to block the front door if you're a member of the left. Professor Wide, by the way, he doesn't want to try it, apparently. He doesn't want to try this whole free speech thing. When he spotted students putting up flyers for this event, he called in the guys with the guns, the campus security, because he wouldn't want posters microaggressing you, of course. He then said that the students putting up these posters were fascists, because putting up posters, that's fascist. And then he suggested that the students were responsible for death threats he had received. And he wrote on a sign outside his office, the best response to microaggression is macroaggression. In other words, if I'm offended, I get to take physical action against you. I get to be violent with you. And that's what we're watching outside right now. For those of you who don't speak low IQ, what Professor Wide means is that the best response to hearing things that you don't like is hurting people who say those things. I guarantee you this. I've certainly received more death threats than Professor Wide. Some might be from people in this room, like, for example, certainly from people outside. One Reuben Martin, who told another professor at this university, Melina Abdullah, via Facebook. And this is how it's written. You and there it is, gang. Guess what? You know what? They're not going to stop us. All right. Melina Abdullah's fan, Ruben Martin, wrote, you want I should hoid them, boss. I got a few ideas me and the fellas been kicking around. Only thing is he won't be talking or looking so nice no more. We'll take the cannolis. The reason I'm reading it in this way is because this is exactly how it's written. Hoytum is spelled H-O-I-W-T apostrophe E-M. Speaking of Professor Abdullah, she posted this on her Facebook wall earlier this week. Folks, if you're just joining the live stream, somebody pulled the fire alarm to stop this because this is how the fascists do it. Professor Abdullah posted this on her Facebook wall, quote, when diversity becomes a problem has been scheduled for February 25th at Cal State LA, a campus that is 90% students of color and during Black History Month. I say this event is a problem. What we gun do y'all? And again, gun is spelled G-O apostrophe N. How about you could try listening? How about that instead of pulling the fire alarm or stopping people from entering? Or at the very least, why don't you start using proper grammar? You're a professor. <laughs> By the way, Professor Abdullah, teaches a class that fulfills a diversity requirement at this university, a requirement designed to encourage tolerance and acceptance of others. You can hear the tolerance and acceptance coming from the speakers in this room as they attempt to evacuate the premises so people don't hear my deeply scary and frightening ideas. I have a question. Where the f is the administration on this campus? Where the hell is the administration on this campus? If this sort of language came from the right against the left, you can guarantee the administration would be looking at suspensions or firings. 
If this sort of thing happens or in classes at this university, the kid who pulled the fire alarm would be off this campus so fast it would make your head swim. But not you out there, the protesters, those special, magical leftist children protected from the consequences of living in the real world with my taxpayer dollars. You get to shut us down for disagreeing with your thug tactics and your nasty, pathetic, evil ideology. So, with those preliminaries out of the way, let's talk about when diversity becomes a problem. Let's start by defining our terms for a second. Okay, diversity can mean a whole host of things. Some of those things are good, some of those things are bad. If you had a dinner party that was comprised of O.J. Simpson and Charles Manson and the Menendez brothers, that's a diverse dinner party in one way. In another way, it's not a very diverse dinner party at all. If you had a dinner party comprised of Mother Teresa, Gloria Steinem, and Phyllis Schlafly, that would also be a diverse dinner party in one way, and in another way, wouldn't be diverse at all. You'd have three women with different points of views. In the first case, you'd have three murderers with differing races. So what exactly are we talking about here? There are three types of diversity. Diversity of skin color or ethnicity, diversity of fundamental values, and diversity of viewpoint. Two of these types of diversity are complete wastes of time, and seeking them is wildly destructive. One of these types of diversity is good and useful. Naturally, on today's college campuses, in Barack Obama's America, in today's America, the two that are destructive and terrible are held in high regard, particularly on campuses like this, the one that is useful and valuable they set on fire then beat to death with a claw hammer. So let's start with diversity of skin color. Diversity of skin color and ethnicity is absolutely meaningless. It is absolutely meaningless. The color of your skin should not matter one iota. It is anti-scientific, it is a waste of time, it is an excuse for people of one political perspective to shut people up who don't have that political perspective. It's become cliche at this point to cite Martin Luther King and his admonition to judge people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. That doesn't mean that MLK was wrong. He was right. Malcolm X was wrong. But just walk out front, Malcolm X won, Martin Luther King lost. All the racist leftists outside, they seem to think that's wrong. That skin color is the only thing that matters. My viewpoint, according to Professor Abdullah, had to be shut down because this college is 90% people of color. This is called racism, gang. Viewpoints being shut down because of the color of skin is called racism. So first a question, first a question. How is this college statistically diverse by your own measures? By your standards, isn't it racist and discriminatory against white people? Here's how your college breaks down ethnically, as well as sexually. 37% male, 57% female, 9% black, 21% Asian Pacific Islander, 50% Hispanic, 11% white, and 9% race or ethnicity unknown. Here are the ethnicity statistics for the city of Los Angeles. 41.3% white, 47.5% Latino or Hispanic, 9.8% black, 10.7% Asian, and 0.2% Pacific Islander. So get cracking, you racist bastards. Throw out all the extra Asians you got hanging around here, as well as those 10% of extra Hispanics. Start piping in some white folks, because apparently the only thing that matters is skin color, right, gang? The only thing that matters is that you be represented at population levels equal to the population levels outside this university. And all you sexists, now's a perfect time to toss all these women out of the university so their statistical parity with men. You're already doing it with SAT scores on the American left. According to Princeton University, back before they shifted the SAT so that it was out of 2,400 instead of 1,600, blacks received a bonus of 230 points on the 1,600-point SAT. Hispanics got a bonus of 185 SAT points on average. Asians, who as we all know, there's Asian privilege in America. I mean, come on, it was founded by Asians. It's been a nation of Asian men forever. 
Asians face a loss of 50 SAT points on average. And this is when they're out of a 1,600-point scale. So let's take a look at your current admission stats and throw out all these terrible beneficiaries of Asian privilege who overpopulate your campus by statistics. Or doesn't it work that way? See, I don't care whether my doctor or my lawyer or my mechanic or my plumber is white or black or green or brown. You should not either, but you do if you're on America's campuses. The reason that people on this campus feel good about using discriminatory racial language, calling for students to be indoctrinated in the value of diversity of skin color is because it gives them a feeling of unearned moral superiority. They're better people. Well, they're not superior, and they're certainly not moral. Facts that hurt your feelings, it turns out, are still facts, regardless of your race. And as I am deeply fond of saying, facts do not give one good damn about your feelings. Correct arguments are correct, regardless of who's arguing. Bad arguments are bad, no matter how much melanin you have in your skin. The focus on skin color diversity makes people empty-headed, closed-minded at the same time. Any problem people have can be blamed on your skin color or somebody else's skin color. You're so focused on retreating like a turtle into some ridiculous, arbitrary group identity based on skin color, you blame all of life's problems on somebody else. That's what this term white privilege is all about, a way of blaming somebody else for your problems in purely racist fashion based on the color of their skin. The higher poverty rate in minority communities is not a result of white privilege or any other magical racist ether out there. It is a result of educational and lifestyle decisions about childbearing and child rearing. The higher criminality rate in the black community is not the result of evil white cops. And thank you to the cops who are doing their jobs under heavy threat here. <laughs> and under pressure from this administration to make room for people to do things that are blatantly violative of First Amendment principles. You don't want to go to jail for murder, it turns out, or for any crime. Don't commit the crime. It's that simple. Here's the fact about that supposedly evil justice system. It under-prosecutes murder in minority communities because minority communities are under police. There aren't enough cops in minority communities. When the police do come into contact with black people, like, for example, the lying Black Lives Matter movement says, police are less likely to kill black people than white people in the same circumstances, according to John Jay College professor Peter Moskis. As early as 1994, the DOJ surveyed felony cases in the country's 75 largest urban areas and found lower felony prosecution rates for blacks than for whites. In New York City, minorities keep running into cops because minorities keep committing an outstanding number of crimes. From January to June of 2008, 98% of all gun assailants in New York City were Hispanic or black. Stop and frisk in that city, the supposedly racist stop and frisk, under-targeted minorities by about 15%. So, you can bitch and you can moan about these white skin privilege and the need for diversity of skin color. Let's go out and arrest, I guess, some innocent white people so that we can make up for this statistical imbalance. Or you can fix the problem by leading a responsible life and not getting involved in negative activities. It appears that at this university, the professors prefer to bitch and moan. So Professor Abdullah, that delight, she calls the police slave catchers. She says the police ought to be abolished because nothing will be better for the high crime areas of the country, particularly in ethnic minority communities, than the police completely moving out. It's working beautiful, beautifully in cities like Detroit and Washington, D.C. and New York City. It's why you've seen crime rates skyrocket in the major cities all around this country in the last year. Diversity of skin color doesn't help people of color. It hurts people of color, at least as a principle. That's because of the second type of diversity the left preaches, and that is diversity of fundamental values. So here's the second type of diversity. The second type of diversity is diversity of fundamental values. 
People on the left seeking to blame one culture and one culture only for all the problems in life, the constitutional capitalistic Judeo-Christian system of the United States. They proclaim that all values are equally deserving of wonderful consequences. All values are just great, including values of blocking people from hearing dissenting speech. Diversity means accepting fundamental value systems that overthrow good values like the ones that the United States is based on. So for example, after 130 Parisians were killed by radical Muslims in Paris, President Obama said, quote, we can all do our part by upholding the values of tolerance and diversity and equality that help keep America strong. In the aftermath of Paris, nobody in the mainstream political conversation or close to it was talking about expelling Muslim citizens from the United States, which would be horrifying and violative of an actual basic principle, freedom of religion. So what exactly was Obama talking about? Presumably, he meant that we shouldn't use our head and elevate our security concerns based on statistical probability. That the police and our national security apparatus should pretend that Swedish Unitarian grandmothers pose as much of a security risk as young Muslim males immigrating from Middle Eastern countries. After the Fort Hood Islamic terrorist attacks killing 13 American soldiers, Obama's chief army officer, General George Casey, he said, quote, our diversity, not only in our army, but in our country, is a strength. And as horrific as this tragedy was, if our diversity becomes a casualty, I think that's worse. Worse than the 13 dead people. Again, the implication seems to be that if we treat all value systems, including those with a higher probability of terrorist involvement or violence, equally, equally beneficial and benevolent, that's a good thing. It's not. It hurts people. Turns out, certain values work and certain values don't. Sorry to break it to folks. Sorry to break it to people. Certain values are better than other values. But by pretending that all fundamental value systems are equal, the left gets rid of any relationship between cause and effect, because all the left truly cares about is fairness of outcome, not fairness of opportunity. So if you are a criminal and you end up in jail, that's unfair according to the left, because you ended up in jail. Never mind that you are a criminal. All of this is designed to abolish responsibility. That's what the left wants. No responsibility. When bad things happen, blame white supremacy, blame the system. So here's the deal. Your life is in your hands. If you want to have a successful life, you want to be successful, stop blaming other people for your own mistakes. The greatest predictor for intergenerational poverty in America is single motherhood. The white man isn't responsible. The white system isn't responsible for any person, unless it's rape, and that's a rare occurrence, isn't responsible for you getting your girlfriend pregnant and then ditching her. Okay, that's a result of you being a piece of garbage. Okay, your inability to hold down a job isn't the result of some racist white system unless you can show that your employer is actually doing things for racial reasons. It's either the result of an individual racist, which is still not the result of a system, so we should move to get him fired because racist firings are illegal. You'll be prosecuted. Or it's not racism, it could be your lack of skills. Your inability to get a proper education isn't white racism either. It's a government system that sucks for everybody. I mean, for people who went to LAUSD like I did, we all know this. Okay, LAUSD is a garbage heap. The crimes you commit are on you. They're not on anybody else. These are basic values of decency. Being a decent human being is a worthwhile value. Being indecent and then saying that diversity makes it all okay is an indecent value. And by the way, it tears communities apart. Robert Putnam, who is not a, not a conservative, he's a leftist. He wrote a book called Bowling Alone. And he believed in the mantra, diversity is our strength, when he started investigating. Then he started doing experiments regarding communities. What he saw was that diversity in communities, racial, ethnic diversity, which these days comes along with diversity of fundamental values, thanks to the left, it didn't lead to better or more cohesive or more tolerant communities. He said, this is what he wrote, quote, 
The only two things that go up as the diversity of your census track goes up are protest marches and television watching. Does this sound familiar? Putnam concluded, the only way to create social capital, that's all the good stuff that allows us to trust our next door neighbor, leave your door unlocked at night, have somebody babysit for your kid, it comes from shared values. Shared values. Not diversity of values, not diversity of skin color, shared values. Putnam said, this is what happens in religious communities. This is why diversity of skin color, for example, works in religious communities just fine. Because if everybody has the same goal, and that goal involves fundamental values that are good, then you end up with a freer, better society. Then diversity is wonderful. It's a diversity of experience, but shared values and shared goals and a shared vision for a better country. So what are these common fundamental values we shouldn't be diverse about? How about an easy one? How about free speech? Can we start there? How about that as a fundamental value? How about freedom of religion and of the press, assembly and petition? How about freedom to come to lectures you want to come to without, I don't want to go blue, without jackasses, I'll go semi-blue, jackasses blocking the doors to prevent people from hearing differing points of view? And how about some basic civic values too? How about don't have babies without being married, don't engage in crime. President Obama says we can't define liberty in exactly the same way, but we should, otherwise your liberty is my tyranny and your tyranny is my liberty. And that's exactly where we are. Those people out front who are protesting right now, blocking people from engaging in their First Amendment rights, those people, those people, they think they are standing up for liberty when what they are really standing up for is tyranny. Finally, the third type of diversity and the only one that really matters, diversity of viewpoint. Okay, that's the only one that's really useful. You know the kinds of viewpoint that your professors want to shut down when they call me a racist without evidence or when they suggest that you're a white supremacist because you sponsored this lecture or wanted to come? Science actually demonstrates diversity of viewpoint is a highly useful thing. New takes on old subjects are a good thing. When we all have the same goals and the same fundamental values of freedom, liberty, and consent, magic happens. That's the power of the free market. That's the power of diversity. That's how the free political debate works. We argue about the best solutions, and then we meet, and sometimes we disagree, and somebody wins and somebody loses, and we try it out, and we see what works. A diversity of viewpoints makes stuff better. That's why you have nice phones, because there was a diversity of viewpoint on what a nice phone constitutes. And so there was competition in the marketplace, and you end up with a really nice phone that has a camera on it. So you can go outside, be a reporter, and take pictures of all of the terrible people doing terrible things and assaulting people out front. In the wisdom of crowds, a reporter named James Surowiecki, and he writes, quote, diversity and independence are important because the best collective decisions are the product of disagreement and contest, not consensus or compromise. You need debate. It's a worthwhile, good, positive thing. We argue, we don't agree, and we are better for it as individuals and as a community. We listen to each other. Listen to each other. What a tough idea. And that's why lectures like this one are necessary. That's why the monopoly of your professors is damaging and terrible. This is why the safe spaces of the people outside are just fascist spaces. Spaces that, are, spaces that are supposed to be cleared of all ideas that could possibly hurt feelings. That's why trigger warnings make you intellectual weaklings and moral, bu moral bullies and bigots. There's only one problem with the diversity of viewpoint. It might challenge your feelings. It's not easy. It turns out people might hurt your feelings. People, people might be mean to you. People might make you feel inferior. People might hurt your precious self-esteem. Well, tough. It might include microaggressions. And in a civilized society, you can't use microaggressions to, to macroaggressions to fight microaggressions. That's called being a behemoth. 
So to all the people who are standing outside, the people here understand the value of free speech. That's why you're here, right, left, or center. If you didn't, you wouldn't be here listening. Okay, for all the, all the people outside. So here's my message to the, to the bloviating jackasses outside. Toughen up, you spoiled brat snowflakes, if you actually want a better world. We can have an actual conversation if they were up for it. There are, there are mics here. People can ask questions. They could have engaged that way. They chose not to. Maybe they're right about how to solve America's problems. Maybe I'm right. Maybe somebody in the audience is right. We're never going to know because they won't let the conversation happen. So as I say, there are three types of diversity. Seeking those first two as goals, diversity of skin color, diversity of fundamental values. That means real human suffering, shutting down debate, targeting people who oppose you, outright racism, sexism, bigotry, totalitarianism from the highest levels of this godforsaken university. The third type of diversity, diversity of viewpoint, it means a happier, better, more productive world. Not all diversity is bad. Some diversity is terrific. The left just ignores the only type of diversity that actually matters. And until they stop, America will only become a more pinched, bitter, divided country, divided by tyrants like some of those who are standing outside this hall, at the front of your classrooms, and in the halls of your administration. Thank you so much, and thank you for standing for free speech. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 